Whoa, Adam, did you create all these dinosaurs? I sure did, Anthony. I found some mosquitoes in amber, and I extracted their DNA, and I made these all new dinosaurs. Oh my gosh, you did this just for the podcast? Well, not just for the podcast. These are very special dinosaurs with, with very special DNA. Yes, you see, you see, each dinosaur, the ones that fly, the ones that crawl and slither and run through the fields, they all have a certain purpose. You see, the flying ones are the Twitterosauruses. They fly around and follow us on Twitter. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can find at Double A Popcast, spelled D-O-U-B-L-E-A-P-O-P-C-A-S-T. And and over there, by the by the by the lake, that's the Instagramaraptor. Very fast. They're good at giving that double tap on the picture, you know, a very, very quick little pink heart there. Oh, it's amazing. They've comments and hashtags and tags. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, and these little guys. Oh, they're, 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 they're cute. Oh, yes. These little guys with the big frills and they're kind of, you know, spitting. Oh, it's... Spitting acid? That's kind of scary. Well, you see, you might think they're spitting acid, but they're actually spitting high ratings onto oh. every single podcast site that you can give a rating to, especially Apple Podcast. Apple Podcasts, you can give a high rating with just one spit of their acid. Whoa, that's so cool. Why is it important that our podcast gets lots of high ratings and reviews? Well, you see, Anthony, the more high ratings we get, the more likely people are to discover our podcast, like I discovered that mosquito in the amber. Ah, so we're helping the world. Exactly, through my magical, high-rating social media dinosaurs. This is a wonderful put. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. What's up with that T-Rex? Oh, that's just a T-Rex. It just eats people. Welcome to Double A Popcast, your weekly recharge. Hey, Adam. Hey, Anthony. Tell me about your day. It has been a good, good day. Yeah, why is that? Well, you see, we're just going to jump right into our weekly watches here. Let's do it. Uh... I got to see, after waiting for like almost three and a half years, I got to see Hamilton. What? Three and a half years you waited? I did. I did. It came out in July of 2015 Mm -hmm. when it came to Broadway. But uh, but yeah, I I saw Hamilton today down in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I, I don't think... I can listen to the soundtrack of the original Broadway cast because the cast that I saw today was just so good. Like, I feel like, I just, I don't know. I feel like if I listen to the original sound soundtrack, like, it's just, I don't, it's, it was so good. That's, it was just amazing. That's pretty neat how it can have that impact on you, a yeah. show, a musical. Yeah, I, I was tearing up at the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, am I going to start crying? <laughs> like, first of all, it's just amazing to, to be able to say, like, I've seen Hamilton now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, still in New York, I think the tickets go for, like, $500. Jeez. Like, a piece. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, so, yeah. Um, but it is just an amazing, amazing show. Um, but for those of you who are not familiar with Hamilton, uh, Hamilton is a Broadway musical about the life of one of the founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. He's the guy on the $10 bill. He was not a president. Uh, some people think that he was... Who's this president on the $10 bill? 
Uh, that's Alexander Hamilton. He was the first treasurer of the United States, or secretary of the treasury, I guess, would be the proper title. Uh, he fought in the Revolutionary War next to George Washington. It sounds very boring, um, but I'm sure all our listeners are very familiar with Hamilton. It is a hip-hop-themed uh, musical where most of the songs are rapped or sung in a very like rhythmic manner. It was just so good. Yeah, didn't you say all the dialogue is sung or some sort of musical? Yes. So infusion? it's... Yeah, so there's no real dialogue. Um, I counted 15 words that are not sung. Oh, and they're like 15. intros to songs or like ending of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're either really serious or really comedic. Yeah. Um, but like almost everything that's said has some kind of beat under it or some kind of musical, like notation under it Mm -hmm. and like even the small conversation the characters have like that's part of the song Mm -hmm. and it's just i don't know how to describe it you just have to go see it or listen to the soundtrack if you listen to the soundtrack because as i mentioned everything's sung you're really only missing out on one song that is not on the soundtrack because it's like a letter that's read yeah but even that has like music underneath it mm. so that's said like in rhythm as well so but yeah so that's so cool so yeah did you listen to the soundtrack before seeing the show when it first came out i listened to it like almost religiously like mm-hmm. you could find me uh like any music anytime i was listening to music you'd be like adam what are you listening to and be like mm, hamilton and then, like three more, three months later, what'd you listen to? Hamilton. Uh, I bought the soundtrack um, back when I still used Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have since switched to Spotify, <laughs> a place you can also hear our amazing podcast. Um, that uh, I bought it for like twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Got the full album, um, and it's but yeah, I listened to it. I could. I was sitting. I found myself more often than not today sitting in the theater, like mouthing along to the words because I just knew them all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was hard not to like rap along or sing along <laughs> with the cast because I'm like I just know all the words. <laughs> so, but yeah, what an are experience. You, are you familiar at all with Hamilton? Have you heard the soundtrack or? I have heard little snippets. Okay, but and it's one of those things where. I've stayed away from listening to the soundtrack because mm-hmm. I have this forlonged is forlonged is forlonged a word forlong yeah what is... forlonged Con- uh, use it in a sentence I had this forlonged dream that I'm going to see the show oh you just have a dream you're going to see the show I think is what you're trying to get at I'm trying to say that it's this dream that seems like it's on the out that you have this far gone dream far gone dream is that what i'm looking for it's a pipe dream you know it's <laughs> yeah it's a pipe dream it's like i'll get there one day yeah, yeah. i'll be there someday i can go the distance yeah come on you... become become a real god yeah <laughs> yeah you, you can go that that's not the yeah those aren't, those i put the, the glad and gladiator so i think i can make mm. it i haven't anthony <laughs> <laughs> it fits <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to much of the soundtrack though. Mm. What I have 
Mm-hmm. It was good. It was intriguing. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I like to know the context. So gotcha. I, I'm not. I haven't seen that many musicals, mm-hmm. which I want that to change. Mm. But for example, I saw a show last year called Something Rotten. Have you ever yes. seen that? Yes. And then I started listening to the soundtrack on Spotify, mm-hmm. and that that really impacted that you know those preset different formula things that Spotify has, where it's like your what's new and. Oh, like your weekly Discover Weekly? Discover Weekly, yeah. Yeah, So my Discover Weekly for a while was a lot of random musical songs. And the (laughs) thing with musical songs is they usually have to do something, have something to do with the plot of the show. Yes. And so I would just be so, I would have no context and just be so confused. Yeah, that happens to me as well because like I'll listen to the same few musicals or like my favorite musicals on Spotify, Mm -hmm. but I'll also listen to like jazz or rock or like other genres besides that but spotify for whatever reason is like oh i see you listen to hamilton twice this week your discover weekly next week will be all musicals <laughs> and i'll turn on spotify weekly and it's like you know it's a remix of you know the legend of zelda oh cool i like that oh it's a it's a trumpet trio doing miles davis oh i like that and the next song is like, Barbara, why did you leave me? I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Who's Barbara? Why did she leave him? Yeah. What? And then I look at the album and it's like, you know, Barbara Leaves, the musical. I'm like, I, I've never heard of this. What is the musical? Huh? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so confusing. <clears throat> I feel does, you. Does that then prompt you to check out the whole album? No, it typically just annoys me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, sometimes, though, I will get like... A, a song from a musical that I liked when I was younger or I listened to before that I didn't know was on Spotify. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know this was a thing. So it's yeah. good to like add it. But more times than not, it's like some random song that, or like it'll start with dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was walking down the street the other day and I just saw her and she was beautiful. And it's like, <laughs> wh- huh? <laughs> Like, I have to make sure I didn't switch over to, like, my podcast app. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, but yeah, I feel ya. Yeah. But I will say, I think Hamilton is one of those soundtracks that if you start at the beginning and go all the way to the end, because there's real, really no dialogue, the album itself is just basically the audio from the show, mm-hmm. you will not be lost. No? Um, it was actually originally, so Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote the, the musical... And also started it as Alexander Hamilton. Um, he wrote this basically two disc album as a concept album, as basically a he called it initially the Hamilton mixtape, mm-hmm. which would be the life of Alexander Hamilton, but as a hip hop album. Oh. Um, he read it. He read a book by Ron Chernauer. Who's this Hamilton biographer? Didn't he find the book in an airport? He did. He found it on, in like one of those like I don't know what they're called, but like you know those airport bookstores. Yeah. Um, like NBC, whatever, or yeah. You know, sometimes those stores. I, I'm thinking. I don't know. They're just so, they're so particular and specific and expensive, and I wonder who. Like for example, there's one that is a bag store. Like for air. Like for bags, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the luggage store. Luggage. That's what yeah, I meant yeah. to say. Thank you for interpreting. <clears throat> you're good. You're good. I, so right. yeah, yeah. I get that when people travel, they need luggage. But who is saying, hmm, I'm going to wait till I get to the airport. <laughs> to pack my... I'm going to carry like an armful of clothing with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll get my bag at the airport. Right. Yeah. Or, like, decide that the airport, that's where I'm going to buy this item. And even then, like, typically you have to get past security mm-hmm. before you can get to the bag. Yeah. And then what? Like, do you get another carry-on or check another bag or something? I yeah. I don't know. I, I have no idea why those stores exist. They clearly exist because people are buying things. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel you. But, yeah, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda got the Hamilton biography because he thinks he's going to, like, the Caribbean or something for like vacation with his wife. Mm-hmm. He had just finished another musical called In the Heights. Oh yeah, uh, which was about growing up in Washington Heights um, when he was a young uh, kid. His parents both immigrated, were immigrants from Puerto Rico. Um, basically about not his life per, te- per se, but like living in Washington Heights is that musical. So mm-hmm. he just won, I think, a Tony for that musical. So he was kind of taking a break. Like, I've performed, I've written, let's chill for a bit. Um, And he read this biography and was so inspired by the life of Alexander Hamilton that he's like, I'm going to write a concept album, Mm -hmm. which then got turned into a full-fledged musical. Yeah. So you can listen to the whole album and you will not be lost. Okay. But it's it's very, very good. And uh, I could just keep going on for hours and that could be the whole podcast, but... I won't. I will restrain myself and turn the weekly watch over to you. So my weekly watch is a show called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. It's an anime show. Okay. And I started watching it probably about a year ago or so. Okay. And it's a really unique concept. Mm. So it's about superheroes. Okay. And in this world, I think 80% of people have what's called a have these quirks and quirks are superpowers okay. and superpowers mm-hmm. and no one knows what caused them and so the main character he's inspired by what is who this person who is known as the greatest hero of all time okay but he, this kid is he doesn't have any superpowers but he still he wants to go to this superhero's high school this alma mater and he wants to become the greatest superhero ever because he was so inspired and in, by this superhero because he he would no matter what this superhero would always have a smile mm. and he wanted to continue that legacy Interesting. so it's it's a very very neat journey it's it's I, I don't know just so well done it's part satire on the super on the comic genre and superhero genre it's mm-hmm. part really leaning into it it's part kind of that that American dream where like anyone can be something if you work hard enough. Yeah. It's, and the characters are so interesting and complex. It's really good so far. I think the first three seasons are available, both English subbed. So in Japanese Mm -hmm. and English dubbed on Funimation.com. So you can watch it there. Gotcha. Now Funimation, is that like a subscription service or is it? You can, you can, if you subscribe, I think it's five ninety nine a month. You won't have, commercials or you could watch it for free with commercials oh okay gotcha now wasn't there a my my hero academia movie recently yes yeah that was pretty cool so this anime it's pretty 
new. I think it came out in, I want to say 2015 or 2016. Okay. And so that movie that came out almost, it was fairly simultaneously in in Japan and America. I actually saw it in theaters. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen it a lot online, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, people posting about it different characters all that i i have no clue what it's about so Mm -hmm. so the main character does not have a quirk he does not have a superpower but yet he's going to the superhero academy he wants to he wants to yeah okay i don't want to spoil anything yeah don't don't spoil it don't spoil it um so it's interesting okay and there's three seasons you said right now yeah Okay. I think a fourth season is coming out in no, or sometime in the fall of this year. Gotcha. Because I guess for an, I might be speaking, I I don't I don't know too much about anime, but I think usually new animes new seasons different animes will premiere or have new seasons in the spring. Okay. So like March April, mm-hmm. and so people were expecting this new season to come out in March April, but I think it's actually coming out in the fall for some reason. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Now it's an anime, and I'm not very familiar mm-hmm. with anime. Uh, now I have to ask. Ask, because I've heard this is a big debate. Yeah, among especially the English-speaking anime community. Right. Sub or dub? Oh, I like I said, I'm not that big of an anime person. Okay. I almost exclusively watch dub. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But you're right. That is, I've heard that before. Cause I've, I've only watched one anime in its entirety that wasn't Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Cause I don't, oh, yeah? I don't count those. I mean, they are animes, but like they're so catered for like an American audience. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it doesn't really yeah count as much. Um, but I've watched One Punch Man. Oh, isn't that... All the way through. That's Wait, on... One Punch Man, that's the guy who's bald? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard good things about that. That one also is like a, like a satirical take on like the superhero type... Arc, like a superhero archetype mm-hmm. more so than like the comic book genre. Yeah. Um, but that one I watched entirely um, subtitled. Oh, yeah? I watched it in Japanese. But yet, I can still like... My memories when I was like thinking back on it... I don't remember them saying anything in English, but I remember, like, what they were saying. Oh, yeah? Like, I remember what the subtitle said, mm-hmm. and the way the inflection was done in Japanese. Yeah. And it it was fine. Oh, okay. It actually, I enjoyed it a lot more than watching the dub. So, oh, I, I that, see. that was just me. I don't know Yeah. Um, if you'd like that. But, yeah, it's, uh, that one was fun. I think, so. I think some of these, this dub versus sub stems from... So these TV shows that were aired on American television channels like Cartoon Network mm. and <clears throat> because of censorships, they had to change different things. Mm. But I think now with anime reaching a wider audience and mm-hmm. there being outlets for more mature content, it's – I think – and I'm – this is just me talking, but I think there's – in general, there's less of a difference now between sub and dub. Yeah. Um, like the dubs are being more faithful to the original content. Yeah, there, there is. If you get a chance, um, and I would definitely say this is a like 
heavy R-rated anime mm-hmm. for, like, language and, like, references. It's very adult humor. Yeah. Um, but it's an anime, it's on YouTube for free, called Ghost Adventures mm-hmm. or Ghost Hunters or something like that, where basically the plot of the anime is that there's these high schoolers who fight ghosts at their high school. Yeah. Ghosts or demons, whatever. Yeah. Um, however, it was shipped over from Japan, mm-hmm. either emailed or sent physical discs, I don't know, what have you, mm-hmm. to a recording studio where they were going to be doing all the dubbing in Canada. Well, they forgot to send over the English transcript, and when they reached out to the Japanese studio to get the transcript, the studio had gone under. Oh, so they really? did not know at all what the characters were actually saying. Uh-huh. And so they just kind of dubbed over it with whatever they thought would be funny. <laughs> and so you have these very, like, non-sequitur moments. Um, self-referential, like, you know, we're just cartoon, we're just cartoon characters. We're, why, why are you all concerned? It's not real. We're just drawn. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Ghost Adventures, really like that one. How many episodes one. was it? I think it was eight episodes, episodes, and then that, that's it. They yeah. just stop. But the studio who recorded it released it on YouTube for free, because they're like, we're not going to charge anyone for this. Yeah. So, but My Hero Academia. I I just saw, where was I? I saw a poster for it recently. Did you? <laughs> like, vividly, it's like, the main character has green hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a poster of it. That's a sign that you need to watch it. I know. You check it out. It, there's a manga too. Their manga okay. came first. So you could read that. Gotcha. Nice. So is that is that your weekly watch? That's my weekly watch. Nice. Awesome. So this week we will be uh, transitioning from our month of romance yeah. to our month of science fiction. What was that? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with it. Yeah. Our month of science fiction. <laughs> That's like an alien. I don't know. Yeah. We'll go with that. Or, yeah, um, I'm imagining a scientist saying. <laughs> oh, like a, like a creepy scientist? Yeah. Like, you know, with like goggles on. Yes. Coat, oh, know. for sure. Yep. Gloves. Yeah. Exactly. The Big, whole work. The work. Like oversized black rubber gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like imagining a particular mad scientist in my head, but I can't place where I've seen this character mm-hmm. before, but I'm like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. Um, our month of sci-fi. Uh, this will also be, I think, the month with our most guests on it. Um, looking at the lineup, so yeah, we have a lot of guests lined up this month. Uh, we'll have, I think, at least three, mm-hmm. um, which is very exciting. Yeah. It's always when we have a guest, and this episode we will have a guest. Yeah, uh, and this is our first returning guest, mm-hmm. um, our friend Morgan Miller who uh, joined us initially for the Star Wars Holiday Special mm-hmm. back on Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm still scarred by that special. I don't know about yeah. you. I Yeah, I have nightmares. Yeah. I get I, chills whenever someone brings up holiday, <laughs> holiday anything. <laughs> holiday anything. Um, I'm still not over the death of the stuffed bantha. No. That was aggressive and unnecessary. Yeah. And oh. just like... A testament to how evil the Empire really is. Yes. Um, but this week we'll be watching my favorite sci-fi film, uh, Jurassic Park. So join us as we watch uh, Jurassic Park with Morgan Miller and uh, 
We made sure to spare no expense. All right, and welcome back. Uh, you didn't go anywhere. This is a single episode. We just record these segments differently. <laughs> All right. So anyway. we just watched Jurassic Park. Yes, we did. And With we... our guest, Morgan Miller. Hi, I'm back. Welcome back. Our first returning guest. Yes. How scarred, how has your life been since watching the holiday special? I mean, I actually assume pretty good. Has so, it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not because of the holiday special. I don't think the holiday special has anything to do with that. We, the two of us, were talking before about how we've been scarred by that experience by watching that movie. I don't think I've been scarred. More that um, I have a lot more hope for the Star Wars series. Oh, yeah. Nothing will ever be as bad as the Star Wars holiday special. So what you're saying is that the bar was set so So low low that anything else is just like amazing. Honestly, as long as yeah, no, as long as they don't do anything that's like stupid like i don't know <laughs> talking about sand for five minutes um you shouldn't watch the previews <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i would not recommend episode morgan's two. only seen a new hope in the holiday special that is not he's true. watching That's them in the order they all came out yeah <laughs> well we just watched jurassic park uh as our first movie in our month of sci-fi and I have to say, this is just one of my favorite movies, like, of all time. Of all time. Of all time. It's in my top five films. Um, it's it... not in my top five films. Really? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> Well, I don't know. It, it bounces around for me between, like, you know, second favorite to, like, third favorite. But, like, it stays in that top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is just a great film. And I don't think it's because of the dinosaurs i don't think it's more like the characters are what really make the film like they're all unique and fun like, there's not a boring character in the film mm-hmm. yeah i can see that yeah i like this movie too so i've i think i've seen all of the jurassic park movies except Ju- the second jurassic world fallen kingdom you're not missing out <laughs> okay <laughs> but i I know I saw the first three Jurassic Park movies in the 90s. And so I can't even tell you what happens in two or three. Yeah. I think that Jurassic Park should have just... They should have just stopped. Like, the book... The books themselves, there's one book. Yeah, yeah. There's just the one book. Um, Yeah, no, you're right. And they should have stopped. It's it's a great standalone film. Like... Though, even Jurassic World, I will say, is a good film. I, I enjoyed Jurassic World. Yeah. There's a lot of plot holes and characters who didn't need to exist, mm-hmm. but, um, like, in and of itself, that was good. It was a good, like, Chris Pratt did an amazing job. Yeah. The Velociraptors were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plot wasn't too terrible. Plot holes aside. Yeah. But, like... But I feel like this movie, like Jurassic Park, could have been a one-and-done 90s action sci-fi yeah. film. The end. I have yes. a question. Since you all have seen more of the movies, or can recall them more than I can, mm-hmm. does the T-Rex kind of save the day in each of the movies at the end? Yeah. yeah. No. Jurassic World does. Jurassic Park and Jurassic World are only ones where the T-Rex like saves the day. In, okay. the, th- <laughs> in the third movie... Lost World. The no, no no third that the that's the second one no. is Lost World. It's Jurassic Park 
two, Lost World, I'm pretty sure. And then just Jurassic Park 3. Okay. Um, but in Jurassic Park 3, they introduce a bigger T-Rex, or a bigger dinosaur, the Spinosaurus. And basically, this, that was, so Dr- Spielberg was, oh, you're right. Spielberg, sorry. you're good. Spielberg, Spielberg was directly involved with the first Jurassic Park and the second mm-hmm. one, Lost World. Yeah. But the third one was out of Spielberg ha- Spielberg's hands. Mm-hmm. He produced it, but he didn't direct anything. Got it. And that one, the director's like, hey, let's get a bigger dinosaur that within the first five minutes of seeing it will eat the T-Rex. <laughs> they basically just like spit on the fans of like, oh, you liked the T-Rex? <laughs> Yeah, but damn shame. I'm sure it was to show that this dinosaur means business. And also, like in the sequel, though, like the T Rex is the one that rampages across the city, and that's true. In the second one, San Diego is just torn to bits. Oh yeah, they yeah. they escaped in the city. Ooh. Well, so it was a, it was dumb. It's that's a whole other podcast. Okay, but focusing on this one, yeah. I I think that it's the music and. The characters are like the big selling points, at least for me, for this film. John Williams is again scoring um, another Spielberg film. We watched earlier this year in our month of first in January. We watched um, *Rise of the Lost Ark*, which mm-hmm. was another Spielberg film, um, and just John Williams. All of his music is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the music really captures the essence of this film, where it's both grand and massive and like very sweeping you know but it's very peaceful at times too and yet it can be intense what it needs to be Mm -hmm. so i feel like the music is very much emblematic i really like that theme that comes out when they're seeing the brontosauruses for the first time and then they realize they they see them all at the watering hole. Mm-hmm. It goes like, yeah, and then that theme comes up again when who? What's the character of the scientist with the blue shirt, the bandana around his neck, and the hat? What's his oh, name? Dr. Like, Grant. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Grant's with the kids in the tree. Yeah, and it yeah. plays that kind of softly. Mm-hmm. That theme. Yeah the the way Williams like takes the same like musical motif and just like reuses it but using different instruments like mm-hmm. like a xylophone there's like ding 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 like very quiet very peaceful you have like the the kind of misty forest in front of them with the the brachiosauruses all up there it's like wow it's so like a breath it's almost like for the characters it's like they're relieved because they they're not being chased by a t-rex anymore and for the audience it's like we just put you through this you know mm-hmm. In, in really intense like 10 minutes and now we can just like all collectively <sighs> get your breath and relax That's... now, now um, i will say though that like without the movie the music kind of loses its yeah it loses its effect and so prefacing this i'm a i'm a i was a music education major i yes. graduated i studied music john williams has like great themes but those yeah. themes are very much heavily dependent on you being able to see the visuals that go along with them mm-hmm. and like if you listen to star wars you're going to think about the movie of star wars you don't think that oh that's a song i'm going to listen to a hundred times because it's a good piece of music you think 
ah, this reminds me of me watching this. It's kind of like that nostalgic nostalgia effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. Um, I remember when Jurassic World was coming out. And it was like the next, you know, when in the age of reboots we live in, um, you know, oh my gosh, another Jurassic Park movie. Everyone, you know, was making parodies on YouTube, you know, when Vine was still around of, you know, the Jurassic Park theme, there's like there's a harmonica one or a melodica, you know. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's really bad, but yeah, the music is definitely like iconic in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's only really like three songs that are used in the entire film. Oh yeah. Um, but but yeah. So talking about the characters, um, you mentioned as we were watching. Uh, Anthony, that the characters you felt were very symbolic. Mm -hmm. Could you go into that for a moment? Yeah. Well, just the colors that they were wearing. So Dr. Hammond, he's in all white. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's representing God because there's a creation story kind of in play here. And I noticed that Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler Sattler are wearing blue and pink. Mm -hmm. And part of me was thinking, is this an Adam and Eve type? Oh, thing they're going for yeah and then jeff goldblum's character of malcolm he's wearing all black and he's the kind of the contrarian mm-hmm. the person who's questioning all of dr Everything. hammond yeah yeah kind of like if we're gonna go with this biblical allegory of like you know satan creating or the devil whatever you know imbuing adam and eve with the ability to question things yeah you know chaos theory like this, this won't work. You're right. He's in. He introduces all that. Yeah. So, and Jurassic Park when we first see it, we don't see the T Rex mm-hmm. or the Velociraptors or the Dilophosaurus or any of these, you know, dangerous creatures. All we see is the peace. Right. And it's only after. Interesting. Only after the theft of the embryos occurs does everything mm-hmm. go bad. Yeah. So after that, that first sin. Yeah, because because the but but oh <laughs> hold up hold up we're gonna in the first in the first ten minutes of the film we see the danger of the park. And oh that's yeah, that true. Guy does. That's which true. is the only reason that the doctors are even there because yeah. it's uh, the doctors that's are there right. to prove the safety of the park, whereas that's Hammond right. is just oblivious to anything ever going wrong with this park. Until mm. his grandchildren are involved yeah. in the danger. Which also, like, that brings up a good point. Because, like, there's a there's a, a moment in the film where they send them off on the tour. And then Hammond is inside. And he's, like, sitting there. And he's, like, very he's really, really concerned. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, after they talk about, like, the storms coming in, he's like, he's like oh, man, I don't, I don't know. This is going to be good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, like, if you... Like, you're on an island. Like, you don't know the weather patterns. Mm-hmm. Like, weather's viable to change pretty quick on an island. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you thought there'd be any issue, why would you send your grandchildren out? Like, do you think that after this, you know, like, hey, let's go uh, let's go visit Grandpa Hammond. How about no? No. Yeah. No. He, he almost killed us. Because, <laughs> um, like, that's what I kept thinking during... The, like, after the T-Rex attacks and all that. Like, are the grandkids thinking, like, Grandpa did this? Like, Grandpa made these things. Like, this was all 
grandpa, you know? Yeah, maybe. Like, if you went to your grandparents' house, they're like, you know, Anthony Morgan, so good you're here. In this case, you have the both, you have the same grandparent. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Your brother's now. Um, you Whatever, know, bro. So, no. like, you know. Nuggy, nuggy, nuggy. You go to oh, well, uh, No, I'll have him, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> you go to your grandparents' house four. and, uh, you know, um, they're like, come, come, come visit my, my animal enclosure. And you walk in and, like, a lion leaps out and... You leave, you're not going to be like, I don't blame you, Grandma or Grandpa. I blame the lion. Like, no. They put you in there with the lion. Yeah, they said everything would be safe. You're exactly. Right. You're right. Like, oof. I think Jurassic Park gets shut down, though, at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, I know we were, this is a podcast about Jurassic Park, but you mentioned Jurassic World. We brought it up several times. There is a, a moment in Jurassic World that... I couldn't help but think about this entire time during this movie where um, I forget the character's name, but he's in New Girl. He's also in... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know who you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, like one of the Something tech... Johnson... Or he, he plays Nick in New oh, Girl. Oh, yeah. Um, what? Isn't it Johnson? or Isn't his last name Johnson or something? We'll figure it out. Jake Johnson? Jake Johnson, yeah. Jake Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Jake Johnson um, mentions he's wearing like a Jurassic Park t-shirt. Yeah. And um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character is like, you shouldn't be wearing that. Like, where'd you get that? You know, all those were discontinued. He's like, I got it on eBay. Some guy found it in a warehouse somewhere. And she's like, you know what happened there, right? And he's like, yeah, but they only had like 10 dinosaurs and it was amazing. And, like, that's all you needed to make it cool. And I'm like, how do you know about this place? You know, like, how did you know how cool it was when the first test run was a horrendous failure? <laughs> um, which just, like, it's, uh, it's a whole mess. But, um, like, I'm thinking about this the entire time. Like, how did you know that it was so cool that you never saw it? And, like, it never saw the light of day. Yeah. Um... Because I can't imagine, because I know in the books, well, the books are a lot darker. Are they? Um, or the book is a lot darker. Um, Have you read it? I've not read it, but I've seen, like, videos comparing this movie to the, the book. book. Okay. And in some of the videos I've seen, like, first of all, the lawyer does not get eaten no. in the books. Hammond actually gets eaten. Oh. Hammond is eaten by velociraptors um, in the... Um, uh, book mm-hmm. during the attack at the complex. Yeah. Um, in the book, they actually mention that the lawyer has to get this check done quick because he has to get home for his niece's like birthday. <laughs> so imagining that plot point is still in the movie. Uh-huh. Like, hey, where's where's Uncle Gennaro? Oh, he got eaten by a T Rex. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. The, 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 like, the all the premises behind all of the movies in Jurassic Park are ridiculous in terms oh, yeah. of, like, the family ties and why things are connected. And it, mm-hmm. it's like, they, they try too hard to make everything connected. And, like, Ellie and Dr. Grant are dating, mm-hmm. and the grandkids show up for what seems like no reason. Like, Hammond never says, like, 
Oh, also, my grandkids will be here to test out the park. Yeah. No, he's, he's just like, oh, they're here. Huh? What? What? Dude, was it your weekend to watch them or something? You know? Like, just... Well, he had heard that Dr. Grant needed to be... <laughs> needed some growth. Some, some character with, development. With kids. Yeah. yeah. To be won over by <laughs> yeah. kids. He's like, I'm here for your character development, Dr. Grant. Yeah. It's, um... Which also, just John Hammond. I'm gonna shift here into the characters a bit. Um, John Hammond is just one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like, in cinema. Speaking of which, so you were involved in a sketch... <laughs> About a scene from Jurassic Park. I was. You played him in this character. I did. So in my undergrad, in this theater club that I was a part of, we had this event that was called Scene Night. Uh, Basically, anyone could sign up and perform a scene from a movie, a play, musical, what have you. And a friend of mine really wanted to do this this dinner scene, or I guess lunch scene, that occurs in this uh, film. Where Ham was explaining, like, we're going to have all sorts of fun stuff at the park. It's going to be, you know, we're going to, it's the parks for everyone. And the lawyer's like, yeah, I mean, we'll have to charge a high amount. You know, we'll have a coupon day or something like that. And I got to play Hammond and uh, that was really, really fun. Uh, we all took our, like, put our own spin on it. I didn't mm-hmm. do a Richard Attenborough. Um, impersonation. Or David Attenborough impersonation. Yeah, I did not know. Um, but just, you really got to milk that, you know, spend no expense. <laughs> really gotta milk that line because um, he says that, I think like twenty times in the film. Even like the littlest thing, like the ice cream. Like Doctor Sattler comes in and she like gets some of the ice cream after she like lectures him about how people are dying in the park, and she's like, "Well, it tastes good." And he's gonna look at her. He's like, "Spad, no expense." <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, "Shut up! People are dying. Your lawyer is dead. What do you want to say to his family? You know, yeah. just." So many just oof, rough times there, um, but Jeff Goldblum is also just a cinematic gem. Yeah. So there's a scene when they're when the crew is flying on the helicopter into Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and Jeff Goldblum does this laugh. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a YouTube video that one of my friends was obs- one of my friends from high school was obsessed with about a year ago. <laughs> And he would send it to us, and it was just repeat. him. It was that, that laugh, laugh, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's better. Yeah. It's like, are you roaring? Are you meowing? Are you laughing? I'm very confused. <laughs> and just like, he's like, oh, Doctor Sadler, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, I, I find it hard to believe you don't know the law of attraction. And she just kind of looks away, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, like, he's hitting on her. Hitting Gross, on her hardcore." Um, and he continues to hit on her throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, although eventually, I think he does kind of pick the kick, pick up the cues from Doctor Grant that they're a thing. Well, he specifically even says it. Oh yeah, you're right. He's like, he's like, yeah. "You, you is is Doctor Sattler uh, uh, available?" And Doctor Grant's like, "No." No, he's like, oh, I didn't know if you were, yeah, yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah, um, but, but then we we get one of the best images of um, Doctor or Doctor Malcolm, uh, just lying shirtless, kind of posing. <laughs> yeah, I know, as if so, like a like a Roman painting, just kind of ah. <laughs> so that part Hello. wasn't that part wasn't scripted though. Like so, Jeff Goldblum improvised the shirtless scene 
for Doctor Malcolm. Really? Yes. Uh, and that and that kind of like it was Goldblum's idea to make. It was kind of like Goldblum playing playing into this idea that Doctor Malcolm is supposed to be the the sex symbol for the Jurassic Park as an action horror science fiction thing whereas the i i forget her name at the moment dr sattler <laughs> dr sattler was supposed to be seen as like the smart um like almost fearless lead actress who's taking mm. charge of a lot of things and being sort of like the ending up being like the moral compass yeah uh, for um hammond and all these things and yeah and she's she's very um she's a feminist yeah, and like she's there's, great. there's never a point where she is ever like, oh, she's helpless or oh, no, she's... it's a, it's a very well written character. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that part where we it's Doctor Grant, Doctor Malcolm, Doctor Sattler all in the car, and you know Doctor Doctor Malcolm's like you know, God makes dinosaurs, dinosaur God destroys dinosaurs, man creates dinosaurs, and it's like, and then Doctor Sattler kind of look doesn't pause and she's like. Dinosaurs eat man. No one inherit the earth, and they all kind of look, like both of them kind of look at her like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then like later on when they have to go like set up the um, they turn on the generator or something. Um, they're getting the walkie talkies out, and Doctor Sattler's handing one to Muldoon, the Australian raptor hunter guy. Big game. Uh, He's the big, game warden. The game warden. Yeah. Um, and Hammond's like, well, I think I should, I should go because you know. And she's, she just was like, when I come back, we'll talk about sexism and survival situations. There's <laughs> <laughs> like these great one-liners and yeah. just, uh, yeah, again, just an amazingly well-written character. Let's talk about gun safety in Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, you really made a point. Yes. Of so I would like to point out that. <laughs> In this movie, in 1993, one person has the key to the gun safe, which is kept in a secure location that is not at all accessible by any other person in the park, except for people who work there. The game warden is the only person with this key, it seems, mm-hmm. in which, he, when he opens it, he takes out the shotgun, takes enough ammo for, like, maybe, like, maybe six shots, then closes the case and locks the, and locks it. Despite the fact that this is a survival situation, they probably could have used more guns. Probably. Probably. Uh, that is like the safest way <laughs> I could ever think of in 1993 for guns to be used. Yeah. It, it definitely is, you know, it's, you know, like spared no expense, no protocol not followed. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I... Except for Wayne Knight. Except for Wayne Knight. <laughs> Ned, uh, Dennis Nedry, who is... I can't tell if he's a bad guy or if he's just an idiot. Oh, he's a scumbag. He's a bad guy. Okay. No, no he's a bad he, guy. He has, on his computer, it's, uh, like, his background is a... Is a skin... Like, like it's a, a pinup. It's a pinup girl. Pin-up girl he, yeah. he makes that, that one person who, when we see him meeting with that person who works for what the other company biogen or something? bio biosyn biosyn who gives him the can of barbasol to then steal yeah so yeah he does take 
he sprays out bar, actual Barbasol and then like puts it on someone's piece of pie. Oh, yeah, that's scummy. But also he makes that guy pay for his whole meal and yeah, Barbasol he gets right. so, to kind of back up to, well, to set up the fact that he is a bad guy, he gets hired by Biosyn because he works at Jurassic Park in order mm-hmm. to steal the embryos, mm-hmm. hide them in this can of Barbasol, which is supposed to keep it cold enough to... And he's the one who screws everything up because he makes the system stuff. He's literally the reason everything happens. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. how can he not be a bad guy? Well, you also have to think that, like, everything he... So he had been planning this for weeks, and he was... Mm-hmm. And he had thought of ways to be able to get there, to, to get out without causing all that to happen. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, was the storm the sto- that caused mm-hmm. all the problems because he, he would have been able to get there faster. Because he wasn't getting there faster, he was rushing through everything, leaving fences open, leaving fences off, which caused a lot of the issues. Oh, so the storm's the bad guy. No, he's still the bad guy. No, he's still the bad guy. <laughs> the, storm, the storm is the uncontrollable variable. The entire movie is an allegory for the chaos theory that Jeff Goldblum's character incorrectly explains. So you're saying it's not a religious allegory, but a chaos theory allegory? It's a kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's I was about to say, yeah, because there's definitely like the creation story intermixed mm-hmm. in there. And I yeah. see like the Garden of Evil, Eden with Jurassic Park. The Garden of Evil, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes a Garden of Evil. Do you want to explain chaos theory then, the correct way? I mean, so it's kind of like, the way I understand it, he had like the basic idea of it, but how he was trying to explain it in the movie was kind of messed up. So like the way he explains it in the movie is you hold out your hand and you take a drop of water and you put it on the back of your hand and you try to predict which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So the first time it goes one way um, and then he does it again, Dr. Sattler yeah. uh, guesses, oh, it's going to go down the back of my hand and it goes a completely different direction. And Jeff Goldblum goes to explain, well, it's the crevices in the skin, the way that your hair lays, blah, 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 blah. Imperfections. Imperfections, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, you could, the, the where that kind of, like, model drops off at is you could see, you can see where the hairs lie. And so by placing it there, you can predict yeah. where the water's going to fall based mm. on following the hairlines which would actually stop it from hitting the skin and doing a whole bunch of other things okay it's just the way he explains things uh the butterfly he also the butterfly effect in is how he describes it is also strange because the butterfly effect is typically tied into time travel and not into chaos theory but that's fine whatever so i liked that that is interesting i liked how at multiple points i forgot his name again dr grant dr Mm -hmm. grant talks about how he believes that dinosaurs are closer to birds than there are reptiles of the present day and i remember i in high school my biology teacher he was so into dinosaurs and he gave this presentation at our local natural science museum it was on a Friday night, and he gave extra credit to anyone who attended that session, wrote a paper on it, and turned it in. So I went. And it was cool. Were you the only one? No. Okay, good. <laughs> it was me and my good friend who were in that class together. I think that was it. Oh, no. <laughs> but I needed the extra points. So they were talking about how they were using, I think it was turkeys or chickens, to figure out how T-Rexes would walk, Tyrannosaurus Rexes would walk. 
and somehow they talked about how they figured out why they would walk like chickens and it was really neat and so they created this simulation where it made a t-rex walk huh how does it walk (laughs) very chicken like (laughs) interesting Interesting. yeah it was just cool to because that so i i couldn't hadn't seen jurassic park in a while when i had been there but when i had seen it the next time I watched Jurassic Park, I was like, ah, oh, my my teacher was on the right path. He's on nice. something. Yeah. And I like that, that whole idea because at the very end, you see that that seagull or that bird that's flying. There's a shot of that bird while they're on the helicopter leaving. Yeah. I think that's kind of representative of, yes, this is how things should be. This is how, this is where evolution has taken us. Like, we're yeah. safe now. This, like we don't this beauty. need to bring dinosaurs back. Right. There's beauty in, like, just seeing how things have progressed now. And... Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what it is with Michael Crichton, the author of this, <laughs> this book. And also, he had some input on the screenplay. Did he? Um, I believe so. Um, his name popped up in the credits several times. Um <laughs> But Michael Crichton also directed a movie in the 70s, which is now an HBO series, Westworld, um, which is, again, a theme park, but sub out dinosaurs for robot cowboys, and it's the same plot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what Michael Crichton has with, like, evil theme parks. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I, I have to keep reminding myself also during this viewing of it. That I'm like, oh yeah, this is a movie, like, this, realistically, Jurassic Park would be a place for the fam, like, families would go, like Disney World. Yeah. But for dinosaurs, you know. And Hammond makes that comparison, uh, because they're talking about, oh, nothing works in the park. And then uh, Hammond says, well, in 1950-something, when Disney World first opened, nothing worked there either. Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum had the thing of, yeah, when well, the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates only eat the guests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is just a great line. Yeah. Um, but, like, the Mr. DNA thing and, like, the, like, the silly animation, the kind of dig dug type thing mm-hmm. with the miners going down and finding the amber. I'm like, this is kind of, like, kiddie-ish for, like, a horror film. Like, oh, right. This is supposed to be a realistic, you mm-hmm. know, amusement park. Well, I like that dichotomy, like the the whimsy and the the just joy of seeing these creatures, and, and it's just fun for the first half, and then the second half hits, and it's like, oh, the real darkness sets in. Yeah, it's like you you can't bring back just the good; you want to bring back the bad. Too. Everything, yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's what I don't get is it's like you can bring back T Rex, okay, but like. At the same time, bringing back the Triceratops itself is, like, a feat. And that's, um, like, amazing and just, you know, astounding unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the books they all have to sign NDAs when they get to the island. So that they don't tell anyone what they saw. Um, also, in the book, the ending is very different. Where they basically are, like... To the Costa Rican government, because this takes place off the coast of Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Costa Rican government basically has had issues where hospitals on the coast, uh, one of them was attacked by a like Velociraptor that somehow like got off the island, mm-hmm. 
the swam or came in the boat or something and like got loose in a hospital. They were able to kill it and they're like, we think this came from Jurassic Park. But we're not. <laughs> wait, 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 they're not sure? They're like, Look, let's figure out. There's a lot of companies that are bringing dinosaurs back to life. <laughs> it's the end thing well, to do. Well, there's two. Well, there's two. Biosynth and Gen. So, yeah. like, you know, they're like, we think it came from Jurassic Park. Um, at the end of the book, the Costa Rican government basically takes Dr. Satler, Dr. Grant, and Dr. Malcolm, like, hostage, and they're like, you're going to work for us to make sure we kill all these dinosaurs. And I believe the book ends with the whole park being, like, carpet-bombed by nukes. Oh, Destroying really? all the dinosaurs. Wow. Um, I like the movie ending better, where it's just like, we're just gonna let, let them be. Yeah. You know, we made them. We shouldn't have done that, but we're not going to... Well, even even later on in the in other later films, like, the ending is, like, the Costa Rican government uh, works with InGen to make, yeah. like, a nature preserve. Yeah. And it, it's... It's... It's strange. Even, like... And then, so we have Isla Nublar is the name of the island. Yeah. This is the first. The first. The first park. Because we learn in the uh, second movie... That there's a second site, Isla yes. Sorna, and then the third movie also takes place on Isla Sorna, and the third movie is just ooh, ooh. Well, there's also technically two other islands, one in Europe and one near Japan. They never get opened. Wait, what? There are two other islands that are in Europe and in Japan, uh, but uh, that uh, after if Isla Nublar was supposed was going to work. They were then going to transfer some of the dinosaurs to those locations and open up a Jurassic Park worldwide. Really? Yeah, Hammond had already purchased the islands. Where did you learn this? I learned it on the Wikipedia page. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which, wow. Which I just read. I did not do research before it's going okay. into this. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, um, I think... If there was one part of this film that you would say is like, can't stand it. This if the movie would be better if this part was if this was not in the film. What would that be for you all? Because for me at least, it's the kids. Oh if, yeah. If there were it's no the kids, kids, okay, we all agree it's the yes. kids. It's the kids. <laughs> I'm all for having like child actors. I mean, we know kids can be good actors. I mean, look at Stranger Things. Yeah. That's a great series, and it's mostly kids doing the acting. Yeah. But this one. It's... There's no reason for them to be there. It's never explained why they're there, except for the point that they are Hammond's grandkids. Yeah. And they're only useful in that at the very end of the film, the I forget their names, too. I know Tim. Tim and... His sister. The his girl. sister. Who is old, his older sister. Oh. Um, the, ta- the hacker. The hacker. She hacks into... Um, like, the system and brings power back to the visitor center. And, like, that is her contribution to the film. Um, but they, like, argue earlier on in the film, before that scene, where she, like, hacks into the hacks into the mainframe or whatever, that um, after being seized on by a dinosaur, Tim's like, and now she's gonna hide in her room and never come out and just play her computer games. Lex. Lex, that's right. And then... She's like, I prefer to be called a hacker. That's what I said. You play computer games. She's like, no, I'm a hacker. I'm like, 
what do people in the 90s think hackers did? <laughs> you know, it's like, we've been to the Pentagon mainframe to play Pong. Boop. 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 You know, like, mm-hmm. what do hackers do that they're just like, oh, it's just computer games. Don't hack them. <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah, okay, so we all agree the kids are the worst part. Definitely. I think it's just so cool, the idea of the dinosaurs. So no, it's called Jurassic Park, but not all the dinosaurs featured in the park were from the Jurassic period. That's true. Absolutely. And isn't, yes. that, it, isn't that so neat to think that there were so many different periods, the Cretaceous, Cretaceous period? Cretaceous. Cretaceous. The Crustacean period. <laughs> oh, jeez. According to Jurassic. the website I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. the Precambrian, the Cambrian, the Ordovician, the Silurian, the Devonian, the Carboniferous, Permian, there's so many, Triassic, yeah, Jurassic. So dinosaurs were a part of the Earth and they went through so many different generations and it's just insane. Like eras. And Holy. millions of years were set between this. It's just... Oh, it's... I mean, if I remember reading somewhere that if you thought of all the time on the Earth as a clock, mm-hmm. like humans came in at like the last minute before midnight. Oh yeah, like that's how new humans are, and like maybe millions of years down the road, if our Earth is still here, there'll be another movie industry or some entertainment industry where someone writes a book or a movie, you know, Human Park, and there's just people running around like punching things, <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of like just naked people just running yeah. around. That's like it makes me in awe of just the history of the world and how different it was and how long it's been around and the creatures that inhabited it. I yeah. Just, well, that's even part uh, of what like Jeff Goldblum brings out there. He's, you know, cause, um, he you know, tries to defend Jurassic Park at the dinner by saying, you know, what if I brought back condors, which are like an ex- like a bird on the verge of extinction. And, you know, Jeff Goldblum is like, no, 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 this isn't some animal deforestation that, that we, that we did. Yeah. That we, you know, ousted. This was nature. You know, they had their chance. Yeah. And if you put it there, like millions and millions of years, they had their chance. And well, they they ruled the earth for lifetimes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They were on the. And so then Jeff Goldblum's, you know, the, you know, nature said, "Nope, you're done. You know, your time's over. Right. Bring in the mammals." Well, so and we like so early on in the film, Doctor Grant, like you said earlier, talks about how birds are probably descended from dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. well, there's. The idea he brings up the idea of the like think of birds of prey raptors. It's even yeah. in the name Velociraptor. Well, I, <laughs> besides everything wrong with that statement, um, yeah, like even looking at the scientific classification, <laughs> like the only the only thing that's connecting them is the fact that they're in the same uh, phylum. Which, if you don't there know you your go. biology, it's <laughs> kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Is the order in which you do uh, scientific classification? I only know that because I took AP Environmental Science that I oh. did because of biology class. It was stupid. Wait, um, I want to hear more about this chain. And you did biology class because <laughs> because the, because of the public school system. Okay, okay, the public school system, and you went to public. And so school why system. does public school system exist? A public school system exists in order to. Good. You're um, gonna edit that out? I might. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. Yeah. But I'm gonna leave this in, so yeah. people will think, "What did we edit out?" <laughs> That's fine. I, I don't care about that. 
But, um, <laughs> um, but so is there, so they have the, their phylum is connected, the chordata, which oh, okay. just means basically you've had a backbone, basically. Oh, gotcha. Um, so because the next class breaks them down into like the bird, the avis class, and then the dinosaur class, which is dinosauria. Mm-hmm. Really creative. Dinosaur. With all these dinosaurs, what do we call it? Dinosauria. Good job, Jeff. Promotion. <laughs> also, raptor just means robber or like ste- or thief, Caesar. That's and of course, what... Velociraptor is supposedly stole, stole eggs. Yes. So they Velociraptor. want a swift robber. Oh, yeah. Swift attackers. They're also only supposed to be the size of turkeys. Yeah. Really? Even yes. though in the movie, the paleontologist is like, imagine a six foot turkey. And he has this this big claw on the middle toe, which it's not on the middle toe. <laughs> it's on like the inner toe. So good job, Dr. Grant. Some paleontologist you are. Uh, yeah. I think that's more of a mistake in the creation of the costume oh, puppet. Oh, I don't think so. Well, no, because gonna... even, even on this, it says the second toe. So, and Dr. Grant carries around that raptor nail, and remember when he, and he, like, plays with it when they're in the helicopter, that's kind of his thing, and so then, when he and the two kids go up in the tree, he sits down, and it's poking at him, so he holds on to it, Yeah. and then when he, he falls asleep, and they're in his arms, and then the, the nail falls out of the tree, and there's a shot where it shows the nail just on the ground, Mm -hmm. I think that was representative of Dr. Grant kind of so he's been so in love with dinosaurs and that's been his main passion i think it's him kind of letting go of that and accepting like i can i can have children like being being open to like like, appreciating the life around him yeah yeah yeah. i I get it i get it yeah Uh, i don't think it's like you know (laughs) i am fertile i can have children so uh, real quick, do we ever get closure on the Triceratops? Nope. No. So we never find out why the Triceratops was getting sick every six weeks? No. I think it was supposed to be that it was the West Nile, like, lily. The lily. So it was eating. But she even went through the poop. Yeah. The piles, the piles of poop. That was my favorite scene. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, there was... just likes watching people dig through. <laughs> I just love Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Malcolm walks up and he just, like, takes his sunglasses off like, wow. Big pile of shit. Yeah, yeah that was just... huge. Holy crap! <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an explicit podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is. All right, because I was <laughs> within reason. Yeah, that's within why I was reason. avoiding saying shit and said oh, poop yeah. instead. Yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. If, we're, if we're quoting the movie, I think we're okay. Oh, okay. Well, I think it was just representative of how it was how they can't control this population, mm. meaning that it existed for so many other years, and there's so many points where they bring that up where it's these creatures knew how to exist back in the prehistoric times but now you're throwing in them in here and one they don't know how to exist and two we can't control them yeah because even they they try to control the population by making them all female but we find out that <laughs> they're able to... dr Wu and his great idea of yeah. using amphibian dna but yeah. there's that West, what was it, the West Nile frog? No, it's, it's the West African frog. West African Some, frog yes. is it, able to switch its gender yeah, or its sex in periods where it's just a single sex, mm-hmm. in, in a single sex environment. And yeah, I think 
Um, well, that, that's a whole other thing. Is like, you know, when they cloned the dinosaurs, getting real deep here, like, the dinosaurs, of course, did not, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park did not live in the Jurassic period, or they, they exist only today. Mm-hmm. But they have the instincts of the past. Mm-hmm. Which I guess that's just implying instincts are genetic. But I don't know. Like, so, what did you, what, so, what? so the, the, with the issue with the. Because um... I'm just getting hung up on the thing that Anthony mentioned about, like, and they might have in the movie, you know, like the. You're bringing these creatures to modern day. They don't know how to exist here. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, an environment, like a natural environment, seems pretty safe. But the nature has changed. Like they, she uh, even talks about how they brought in those plants. Oh, you're some right. Some of the, yeah, he, like she says, you think they're uh, most of them are toxic, but you think they're pretty, so you keep them around. Right, and mm-hmm. she's a what something botanist, paleobotanist, paleobotanist. Yeah, so she knows plants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. That's a good point. And Hammond is like, his whole thing is just I want to impress people. I mm-hmm. want to impress people. I want to make it real. Yeah. You know, he mentions how he when he first started off, he had like a police start all motorized but he's like you know i want to see the joy in kids faces and like the wonder and awe in adults faces like i want to see that i want to make this something that no one else has ever done before you know and i feel like it's such a grand idea but like i feel like once you announce to the whole world that like dinosaurs exist again like dinosaurs are no longer that wonder they're just the like we brought them back cool but, but think about this like when you go to the zoo how do you act how do you react to seeing the animals and things like that we know these animals exist but yet when i go to the zoo i know that my favorite thing is going to be to see the monkeys mm-hmm. and when i see the monkeys and i watch them interact and do do their thing I am still in wonderment of the oh, monkeys. Oh, right, but it, I feel like the issue, it's different than that. Because, like, imagine, you know, like, I don't know. It'd be like if you made a drink that, or, like, there was, like, a pill or, like, a device that would allow people to fly just by themselves. You know, and you mass market that. The first person to do it, that's amazing. That's amazing. You take some of the wonderment? Yeah. But the thing is, remember Dr. Like, Hammond was saying that it would cost like two thousand dollars for a day pass, so only only very wealthy individuals are. Yeah, going but, to but no. What, what Doctor Hammond is saying, like he wants it to be something for everyone. The lawyer was the one who's like, it's going to be like two thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. How are we going to? Yeah, so but you also got to think about like now we know like three islands. That's how many. That's how many parks they were going to open. They were going to open three. Mm-hmm. The whole idea was they would have to go there. And they were keeping True. everything in house. That's why Biosyn wanted the embryos, oh. was because they wanted to be able to do it as well, or even show it first inland. Which, thank goodness, they weren't inland. Mm-hmm. Unlike how Hammond says, "Ah, I wish I would have made this inland when the storm came in." Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, the I think having the dinosaurs on an island. Is great because then it's you know it's there it's contained the end boom mm-hmm. and then don't create the water dinosaurs and don't make the water dinosaurs 
which is a whole other issue I have with Jurassic, Jurassic World. <laughs> um, the first one, I don't have as many issues with. The second one, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, was just a train wreck. I never saw it. Neither did I. Um, this past summer, I bought in and got a movie pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw about 11 movies for mm-hmm. the price of one. Nice. So movie pass paid for itself for that one summer. I yeah, love movie pass. paid for itself. That's good. Yeah. Um, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp with it, Solo, Ocean's 8, nice. all the past summer movies. But I saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And there's actually a point at the very end of the film. Spoilers if you haven't seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'm not I'll earmuff myself. Um, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> they bring they save the dinosaurs and bring them to like Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like a mansion outside of Seattle. Yeah. And at the end of the very at the very end of the movie, this like poisonous gas is leaking into where the dinosaurs are being kept. Uh-huh. And you learn that so like Hammond had a partner. And the reason that they were not partners anymore is that Hammond's partner wanted to clone humans, not just ah. dinosaurs. And so you come to learn that this partner's granddaughter is actually a clone of his daughter who died in a car crash. Oh, um, kind of creepy. Yeah, and so at the end of the movie, all this gas is leaking into where the dinosaurs are being kept, and uh, you know Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, you know, they're like, oh, "Should we save them? Should we let them die?" Like at this point, you know, they sent this did this whole mission to save the dinosaurs, but now if we you know open up the gates, they'll just go free. Mm-hmm. There's no pen. There's no gates. They're just in the world now. And, like, there's no turning back. And they decide not to press the button to open up the gate. And then the little clone girl goes up and presses the button. And she's like, I'm a clone. And they're a clone. So, like, Brotherhood. Oh. And opens up the gate and just unleashes these dinosaurs onto the into the world. Oh. Um, and what really bothered me, sorry with this rant, they, you see... Like, a velociraptor overlooking, like, a neighborhood, and, like, a T-Rex breaks into the zoo and is, like, roaring at a lion, and the lion's roaring back at the T-Rex. Uh-huh. And, like, the big water, like, the Mosasaurus or whatever, like, the big, like, sea monster dinosaur is, like, eating surfers. But the music is, like, so peaceful. It's like, da-da-da-da, da-da-da. Oh, I'm like, this is a nightmare. This is hell on Earth. <laughs> You've unleashed hell on Earth. This is not good. Yeah. What? No, technically they're not clones. The dinosaurs. Because of the new DNA. So they take they, they fill in the gaps of oh, the dinosaur right, DNA right. with existing They're technically a ex- different species. Ex- they're, species. They're genetic yeah. she they're her genetically engineered brothers and sisters. Yes, they are Maybe genetically that. engineered. Yeah, but they would not. They yeah, but not she's not like clones. filled in with like frog DNA to make <laughs> you don't know that. She she has to be based off of how their cloning process works. They can't create. They can't recreate someone that would explain her odd hopping method. No, kidding. <laughs> um, oh wait, I thought they the only used the frog DNA because <laughs> they had to fill in the gaps. Yes, but but for his daughter, maybe. I I guess I don't, I don't know. know. It was a really bad. Okay, film, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, this is just. Like, they make a, a mutant dinosaur in Jurassic World, and then, like, they're like, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then this one, they're like, hey, let's make another mutant dinosaur. It'll <laughs> work this time, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Also, the whole 
plot of the villains is to sell dinosaurs to like criminal like syndicates. Right. So, like the Russian mafia wants to buy like a Stegosaurus. Why? So we can like beat up and it's, <laughs> they're weaponizing. But no, they're literally weaponizing what? dinosaurs. That is the, the Stegosaurus plot. is. Yep. Okay. It's got a spiky tail. It'll whack people. Yeah. Literally, they're just like it's battle source. It can shoot its scales off. It's so dumb. <laughs> they're making a third one too. Are they actually? It's Why? A, it's another trilogy. No one wanted the second. One. <laughs> the second Fallen Kingdom ends with a cliffhanger. Oh. Of like, now we got to go around the world and save everyone from. Oh, the, the cliffhanger is. It ends with all those. That's how it ends. Released? That's oh. how it ends. It's just like, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. Jurassic Park is a great film by itself. It should not have been made in any sequels. It's a great standalone yeah. film. It's very 90s. Oh, yeah. Super And 90s. I love it. It's good. Yeah. I like the cars in it, too. Yeah. Like... The branding. I've seen... Around here, every now and then, I'll see a Jurassic Park Jeep. Like, someone in this area... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Owns they live... Jurassic uh, Park. I know where... Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it parked on their property. It, they live nearby... Yeah. Yes. So, like, there's a Jurassic Park Jeep nearby, which I think is just awesome. That is cool. No, um, it's all red with the Jurassic Park logo, whereas the Jeeps in the film aren't completely red with the, the like, Jurassic Like, red, red and beige. beige. Yeah. 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 Um, which also, they have Jeeps for that, for, like, the, like, the facilities people. But then, when it gets to, like, we're going to put these things on the track, they oh get Ford Explorers, Explorers. Uh, which I'm like, the movie is sponsored by Jeep. And Ford. Ford. <laughs> you think it'd be more Jeeps, you know. That'd not... make more sense. Yeah, but also I think that even if there was no story, the going through the initial part, the first half of the tour, shows the flaw inherent in Jurassic Park. It's like you've created these massive ends yeah. for these animals to roam around in, and they're animals. I mean, there are days you go to the zoo and you never see a, a lion because the lion's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Or the lion's hiding. Mm-hmm. Or there's some days you go and you never see the polar bears because they're sleeping during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever. And, like, imagine paying $2,000. In 1993, um, could you pull up an inflation calendar mo- or calculator, Morgan? How much would $2,000 in 1993 be today? I don't expect that much different, but I'm imagining it's significant enough. But... Like, imagine paying all this money, mm-hmm. and you get to Jurassic Park, and you get, you, I imagine there's like a hotel there, you know, it's, it's like a Marriott or a Hilton, Yeah. you know, the Hilton Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and you get there, you got your dinosaur-themed bath towels, you know, dinosaur wallpaper, and you're like, I'm gonna see some dinosaurs, cannot wait, and you get on the tour, and it's like, this is the day of the tour, here we go, gonna see dinosaurs, and nothing, you just see nothing, you're like, I paid $2,000 to look at the woods. I can do that back at home. Right. Why? Yeah. But so, how much is it? So, $2,000 in 1993 would cost $3,509.56 in today's... That's significant enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... That's a 75% increase. Yeah. Um. So, like... Yeah. It's... It wouldn't be worth it. I feel like in the long run, even if Jurassic Park opened... Like, they'd have to either make the pen smaller, or they'd have to make the tour longer and more elaborate. Yeah. Well, so, I think 
I think so. Part of it, another another aspect of this is like the amount of work they put into it. So they obviously did like the calculations for how much space these creatures would need because like the the size of the pens and whatnot is pretty good for them except for the velociraptors who are kept in a very small enclosure yeah um but like like the t-rex has a huge enclosure Mm -hmm. but the research obviously stopped when looking at the plant life they were using or looking at how to feed the animals yeah they're like how much space they need to roam Mm -hmm. the end yeah Mm -hmm. so but yeah so pretty good conversations about Jurassic Park we'll wrap this all up cool so out of I'm going to this with you actually you were the first person to have a rating out of 10 with Star Wars Holiday Special we did 10 Death Stars oh yeah and we've been doing this ever since so out of 10 what are we I'm thinking, thinking of one because of your, I was thinking eggs, like the dinosaur eggs. Oh, eggs. What were you going to well, say? Well, Morgan, there was a quote from the movie that you really liked that Jeff oh. Goldblum said. I swear. <laughs> it was hold on to your butts. Out of, I, out of, uh, Sam Jackson said that. Sam Jackson oh, said Sam that. Jackson, Sam Jackson said that. Out That's of right. ten held butts. Of your own butts, though. Let's, uh, yeah, out of, out of <laughs> No, we can do dinosaur eggs. I just wanted to make sure that I brought okay, that up. Okay. That yeah. Hold on to your butts. Um, I think that's a funny Yeah, line. that is... Uh, that's a good one. And we all <laughs> held on to our butts? We, we did. We all physically held on to our butts. butts. Um, so out of ten dinosaur eggs, what would you rate Jurassic Park? I would probably give it six or seven six? dinosaur eggs. But let's go with seven. I have seven dinosaur eggs. Okay. Good film. It definitely set like it did. A, it did things for science fiction that hadn't really happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some issues that I have with it in terms of making sure that they're keeping up with their own things that they're talking about in the film, as well as the way that things get um, acting choices, things like that. So, okay. Yeah. I would say I'll give it a seven and a half. Solid uh-huh. film. Yeah, I, I dug it. Seven and a cracked egg. Yeah, yeah, it's a cracked open egg. Okay, like the one that Doctor Grant grabbed and the robot immediately grabbed. That's from his it was like no, 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 not no, for no. you. Yeah. I would give it an eight point five out of ten eggs. I, I just love this movie. Yeah. I love just the characters are great. Even watching this, is like my twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth time watching it. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't get old. Nice. It's just, it's still good every single time. So, but yeah. So, uh, remember uh, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Double A Popcast. D-O-U-B-L-E-A-P-O-P-C-A-S. What are you guys watching next week? Next week is to be determined. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> We're still getting some guest people like organized ah, and all gotcha, that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But we can tell you the movies we're watching this month. Yeah. Isn't that what he asked? Yeah, I asked what's next <laughs> week. I don't, well, we don't know what's next week for sure, but we can tell you what movies. Ah. Yeah, so we need to get... We've matched guest up with movies. Ah, uh, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. But the movies this month are... Jurassic Park was our first one, mm-hmm. with our lovely guest Morgan. Uh, Interstellar, Arrival, mm-hmm. and your favorite, Contact. Yes, contact. Yes. I always forget the name of it for some reason. It's your favorite <laughs> son. 
It's not my favorite. It's it's a really good one though. So I really many like space it. sci-fi movies. Yeah. So this was the only like Earth-based sci-fi film. Ah, I guess it rivals Earth-based as well. Wait, well, isn't there five? Isn't aren't we doing a fifth one? Isn't it? Isn't it that one movie where there's the contagion that gets released with Natalie okay. Portman and Oscar Isaac? Oh, oh, you're right. Um, um, oh no, what's it called? It just came out last year. Uh, there's like the Shimmer or whatever it's called. Oh, not trans, not transformation, not trans, not transcendence, not transcendence. No, not transcendence. <laughs> um, oh, what was it called? I'll figure it out. I think it also, annihilation. Annihilation. I was about to say. I think it also started with an A. Yeah. So and annihilation. So that'll be our movies this month. Yeah, I'm okay. excited. So yeah. Yeah. Also, don't forget to rate wow. us. Give us a five-star rating and a stellar review on iTunes. That helps yes. other people in Apple Podcasts. Yeah. That helps us to show up higher in the search order yeah. so that other people can find and enjoy this podcast yeah. like you. Yes. So thank you very much for listening and have a great week. Noise.